In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. So this morning's characters from the Bible, who you may not know very much about, are Lot's daughters. Now, if you don't know much about these two characters, that's perfectly okay because there's not very much to know about them. They don't have names, for example, even. They are simply Lot's daughters. In the story that we heard uh, for our first reading, we heard about what happened after the destruction of the city of Sodom. And Lot takes his daughters and his wife away from the city. You might remember that she looks back and turns, is turned into a pillar of salt. And eventually, they find the three of them that were left find themselves in a small cave. And the girls are faced with a problem. As far as they're aware, there is nobody else left in the world. Um, their fiancés have died in Sodom and there's no one else for them to have children with. And so they pour a great deal of wine down the throat of their father on consecutive evenings and they have his children and they become the ancestors of the nations of Moab and Ammon. So they're our characters for this morning. So there's not a huge amount to know about them, but I wonder how you feel about them. When you think about their story, how do you imagine it? Do you perhaps imagine it something a little like this? Um, there's, please feel free to move around if you can't see this easily, because I am going to be showing um, a number of pictures and it will be good if you can see them. So you can see one of the daughters is applying the claret cup. Another has her hands behind her in the fruit bowl. I speak in... Uh, yeah, sorry. Another has her hands in the fruit bowl. Sorry, I was just trying to get out of the, the way of these people. Back. It, yeah, it's not... It's... Is that better? Terrific, thank you. One has her hands in the fruit bowl. You can see she's about to drop grapes into her father's mouth. And on the top left-hand corner of the picture, you can just see Mrs Lot in the eternal fire looking on and watching all this happen. Is that kind of how you picture this story? If you do, you may not be the biggest fans of these two <coughs> girls because what will be uppermost in your mind is the fact that they're committing incest and they're being totally irresponsible with alcohol and generally behaving quite badly. Um, and probably today, and in fact you will have heard the heading for the story when it was read this morning, The Shameful Origins of Ammon and Moab. Um, so in, it's quite clear from um, some of the biblical witness that these nations were very unpopular and they were not to be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. And here's a story saying how those nations began and they began in incest and they are bad from the very beginning. If I show you this picture, does it make you think about the girls slightly differently. 
I don't know about you, um, but the word that comes to mind most strongly for me when I look at that picture is bleak. Everything is bleak. There is nobody left. And when uh, this, in the early days of interpretation of this story, in fact, about half of the interpretations focused on this bleak aspect of the story. And they thought about the responsibility of these girls in the world and remembered that the very first direction that God made to human beings in Genesis 1 was to be fruitful and multiply. And they said, wow, here are two women who found themselves in a situation where in order to be fruitful and multiply, they had to do something which was entirely distasteful to them. And they did it so responsibly that they enabled their father to become drunk so that he didn't have to take any responsibility for this dreadful thing that they had to do in order to fulfil their call to be fruitful and multiply. Now, this is uh, a picture of my Bible, and you can see a couple of things from this. One is that it has um, been swimming in a handbag full of coffee, um, more than once, actually. Um, But you can also see the heading, The Shameful Origin of Moab and Ammon. The headings, incidentally, don't form part of the biblical text. They've been added by some helpful editor along the way. And so for us, when we read this story, the meaning of it is given to us even before we've read it. This is the story of the shameful origin of Moab and Ammon. And so whereas in the early days the two different interpretations used to sit side by side, now we tend to get only this one and we see only that particular interpretation. For me, I think that both interpretations are there in the story and I think that they're there deliberately. The storyteller wanted to imagine an impossible situation where you were caught on the one hand between not having further children as you're required to do and on the other hand committing incest. What do you do when you're in that situation? And the storyteller tells us a story that perhaps doesn't give us the answer. It just shows how difficult the situation is. Um, Now, there are a number of clues in the story that the shameful origin interpretation is not the only one. So, for example, um, in the very next story, we hear that Abraham's wife, Sarah, was also his sister, But have we spent our whole time thinking how terrible Abraham is because he's incestuous? No, we don't. We give Abraham a free pass and Lot's daughters are described as shameful. Um, I want to tell you about another story that gives us a little bit of a window on how we might think about Lot's daughters. Um, This is uh, a picture... Uh, I'm just trying to remember the name of the artist, which is obvious, but it's, it's my mind, um, of Tamar. Now, 
Tamar also got herself into a slightly sticky situation. Tamar was married to the eldest son of Judah. Um, And unfortunately, when he went into her, when they had sex, he died. And there was a principle in ancient Israel which went along with this idea of um, having a duty to be fruitful and multiply, that if the eldest son died without leaving an heir, the next brother was required to marry his widow and have a son for him. So the next son was called Onan, and he uh, was married off um, to Tamar, um, but he sprinkled his seed on the ground. Um, If you've ever seen... Uh, written on walls graffiti that says Onan is a wanker, then that's what it's about. I've never said wanker in church before, but now I've done it twice. Um, so, and God, and God, and so because he did this, God killed him. So Judah is saying, well, what's going on? I've got the two eldest sons have both married.